Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 1st of October 2022. This is Janet and your other readers are Alan, Amanda and Brian. The editor this week is Eleanor. All are members of Team 3. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines are Desperate Need for Volunteers, Paralympian Jessica on her life on sport. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Alan. There's a desperate need for volunteers. Hospice is asking for volunteers to come forward to help relieve the strain on its services by getting involved with companionship and practical support project. Supporting Hands, which was established by Rennie Grove Hospice Care in 2017, offers companionship and help to people with a life-limiting illness. This support from volunteers helps to free up nursing time and offer desperately needed respite to carers looking after a loved one. Rennie Grove says that the service has proved to be so valuable that demand now outstrips supply, meaning the charity is having to operate a waiting list for access to the service. It said... Rennie Grove is appealing for local people to become volunteers so that patients no longer need to wait for access to the service when time may be limited due to the nature of their illness. Paul Irish, 67, from St Albans, has been volunteering with Supporting Hands since he retired in 2020. He's been supporting a man named Stephen, from Hemel Hempstead for the past two years. Paul says he's often the only person that Stephen sees each week when he visits. The 67-year-old said, when I met him in 2020, the lockdowns had left Stephen scared to go out and he had virtually become a recluse. Before supporting hands became involved, Stephen had reached a dead end. He couldn't see a way out and had no confidence with low self-esteem. He explained, I support Stephen in a variety of different ways, but trying to get him out and about is key. We go shopping, go out for walks, sometimes even go to the pub. While this service has helped Stephen, it has benefited Paul too in his retirement. Paul said, the volunteer visits have given me purpose as well. It keeps me busy and has been beneficial for my mental health. People who are interested in volunteering for the Supporting Hands scheme are asked to visit renniegrove.org forward slash volunteer dot email volunteer at renniegrove.org or Call 890 Hello, this is Amanda. 
Hemel Hempstead's sport hero, Jessica Stratton, completed, competed at the final of the European Para Archery Cup in Nottingham earlier this month. The 22-year-old attended the international competition on September 15th at Wollerton Hall, which saw GB archers win eight medals in total. Jessica just missed out on a bronze medal at the competition. She said, I did lose by one point, but I reckon my, I shot to the best of my ability and gave it my best. The tournament had Jessica shoot on a home ground. She said, I've never really experienced a fully international event with all the faces that I know in the crowd like that before, so it was very different and very eye-opening. Jessica wasn't disheartened, saying, With it being the final, the top competitors competing, and for me to only lose by point, I'm quite proud of that. At Rio 2016 Paralympic Games in the women's individual compound W1, Jessica won gold and was the youngest archer at the Games. A year later, she was honoured with an MBE for her services to archery. Since Rio, she has changed categories and now competes in the Compound Open and set a new world record in the Netherlands at the 2019 World Para Championships. Looking back at her short but successful sporting career so far, Jessica explained that her win in Rio propelled her forwards. I went from being this sort of unknown athlete to suddenly this high-profile competitor with someone wanting to interview me. Very strange. It was a decade ago when Jess first picked up a bow and arrow after being inspired by London 2012 Olympics. Now at the age of 23, she is learning how to cope with the pressures of competing at such a high international level. For Jessica, a former Long Dean School student, Reading is the best way for her to focus and tune out as she prepares for a big match. She explained, I read a lot and reading is kind of my way, my way to escape from it all. So rather than mentally preparing, I'm more likely to mentally escape. Jessica's story will be inspiring for many aspiring sports people in decorum and young girls in particular. She explains that archery is one of those amazing sports where gender ability... Everything is sort of forgotten in a way it's so accessible to everyone. Jessica added, Gender doesn't really come into it. When it's archery, it's just, if you're good, you're good. Hello, this is Brian. This Week in History. September the 28th, 1923, the Radio Times was first published. On this day last year, the Prince of Wales, the Duchess of Cornwall and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge attended the glittering world premiere of the new Bond film, No Time to Die. September 29, 1983, a chorus line broke the record as the longest-running Broadway show with its 3,389th performance since July 25, 1975. September 30, 1967, BBC's Radio 1 went on air for the first time, with Tony Blackburn introducing The Breakfast Show. His first record was Flowers in the Rain by The Move. On this day last year, children with epilepsy were able to get an easier diagnosis, thanks to the development of a new helmet-style brain scanner. October 1st, 1969, Concorde 001 broke the sound barrier for the first time during a test flight in France. 
On this day last year, Wales became the first UK nation to make the teaching of black, Asian and minority ethnic, BAME histories and experiences mandatory in the school curriculum. October 2nd, 1925, London's first red buses with roofed-in upper decks went into service. Police restrictions had previously prevented them being used in the capital, although they had been in operation in Widnes since 1909. October 3, 1959, the postcode required in the address of mail for mechanical sorting was first used in Britain in Norwich. Planned strike action against bus company Arriva in Hemel Hempstead has been cancelled after a pay deal was struck. Strikes impacting Arriva services in Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire were, off were called off after around 900 workers accepted the vastly improved pay offer. The workers accepted a deal which will see drivers' pay lifted by 11.1% in Hertfordshire and by 10.4% in Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire. Previously, Arriva had been offering pay rises of between 4 and 6%. Unite General Secretary Sharon Graham said, Our members secured this vastly improved deal by standing together in their union. Once again, Unite's total focus on securing better jobs, pay and conditions is delivering for our members. As well as a percentage pay rise, the deal also includes an agreement that there will be parity on the top rate of pay within two years across the seven depots involved in the dispute. The deals mean that strikes at Temel Hempstead, Aylesbury, High Wycombe, Milton Keynes, Ware, Stevenage and Luton, which had been scheduled for the 30th of September, were cancelled. Unite Regional Officer Jeff Hodge said... This deal is another example of why workers looking to improve their wages and terms and conditions should join Unite and organise their colleagues to join too. Members had taken strike action on September the 5th to the 6th, which left the area with limited service. Strike action by Arriva members in London, set for October the 4th, is still planned to go ahead. Convoy of Motorcycles Decorum Motorcycle Riders, DMR, escorted Harry Spinks, a former biker, on his final ride to his funeral. The 20 motorcyclists met at Monk's Inn in Hemel Hempstead Town Centre before arriving at Ashlyn's care home. One of DMR's organisers, John Andrews, and his fellow riders followed Harry's hearse with the motorcycle on the side and his family's funeral car to Amersham Crematorium on September 22nd. At the crematorium, the bikers formed a guard of honour for Harry. John said it was a tribute to a great biker who loved his bikes. We did it out of respect for him. On DMR's Facebook page, Nikki Sharp, Harry's daughter, thanked the fabulous bikers for making Dad send off one of the most memorable days ever. She said he would have been smiling down at you. 
The article shows a photograph of Harry with a picture of himself in his racing days when he was surprised with a trike ride by DMR last month. <clears throat> Almost 2,000 jobs would be created in the Hemel-Hempstead parliamentary constituency by retrofitting homes with good insulation and heat pumps, a new report claims. The Institute for Public Policy Research say the £7 billion per year scheme is a no-brainer to create jobs, boost growth, reduce energy bills, level up and meet net zero targets nationwide. The 28-year plan to upgrade almost all of England's 24 million homes with energy-efficient measures and low-carbon technologies would create 1.2 million direct jobs, including 1,860 in Hemel Hempstead. However, this is equivalent to just 2.4% of the area's total job market. Nationally, the uplift would be 4.9%. It claims the move is uniquely placed to become the cornerstone of the government's levelling up strategy in, in England, as those communities with the highest demand for installers tend to be current or former industrial centres and coastal communities outside London and the South East. And the UK as a whole is currently installing less than a tenth of the measures needed in its cold, damp and leaky housing stock to meet its net zero target, it said, with the pace of deployment required only increasing in the face of the dire energy price crisis. The think tank said investing in its proposals for a multi-billion pound retrofitting programme could save average households £430 per year when energy bills are capped at 2500 this autumn and sustain more than 1.2 million direct jobs and 1.5 million indirect jobs by 2050. The think tank set out five key policy components of a nationwide retrofitting programme covering standards, skills, funding, communication and local capacity. These include setting a date for phasing out the sale of oil and gas boilers, expanding trading standards, introducing a one-stop shop for financial support, launching a massive national information campaign and boosting funding to local authorities to deliver tailored retrofitting schemes. Luke Murphy, Associate Director for the Energy, Climate, Housing and Infrastructure team at the IPPR, said the move was a no-brainer, as it would deliver jobs, growth, lower energy bills, reduce energy demand and lessen carbon emissions. He added, it's hard to think of another intervention that could deliver on so many objectives at the same time. It's time the government acted and invested to upgrade our nation's homes, making them warmer and more affordable. The Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy Base Department agreed that retrofitting will help the economy grow and bring down the household energy bills, which is why it is spending £6.6 .6 billion to improve energy efficiency across the country. A Bayes spokesman said, the majority of our help to heat support is targeting those on low incomes and vulnerable households, which is benefiting tens of thousands of homes and delivering average savings of £300 a year on energy bills. Huge progress has already been made 
with the number of homes with an energy efficiency rating of C or above at 46% and rising up from just 14% in 2010. A fitness instructor from Markiate held her final exercise to music class last week after running the session for 36 years. Sally Titchener has had to step down as her two knee replacements made it difficult for her to perform first aid and CPR on attendees if needed. Sally started teaching the fitness classes in 1986 when Decorum Borough Council expanded its Keep Fit sessions to Pottenham Village Hall following Anne Love's request to establish a class in the area. Anne, now 101 years old, still goes to the sessions which take place from 10am to noon on Thursdays. The class features an hour's exercise music and the opportunity to get involved with other sports, with table tennis proving to be the most popular. Sally explained how she felt leaving the fitness group after so long, saying, It's been part of my life. It is my life. So it's been very, very strange. I do feel a little bit useless. What I'll miss is moving and also the camaraderie. She says that the exercise to music sessions have been something that has kept her going through medical challenges she, has, she herself has faced. Sally said, I've always looked forward to doing it. It was because of the class that I knew they were, going to, they were wanting me to go back. So it really pulled me up to try and get as well as I could do, as quickly as I could, to get back to them. A scout from Hemel Hempstead volunteered to direct members of the public and keep them safe as they paid their respects to Her Majesty the Queen during the lying in state. Amy Gibson paid her respect to Queen Elizabeth II and was one of 120 scout volunteers who helped out to keep the public safe as they walked through Westminster Hall after queuing for hours. She said, it's been an honour and privilege to be able to support this historic occasion. I made a promise to do my duty to the Queen and this is a way of fulfilling that promise. Amy volunteered in shifts with other Scouts aged between 18 and 25 from across the UK. And volunteers from Samaritans uh, as well in the Victoria Tower Gardens to offer help to the thousands of people where it was needed. The Victoria Tower Gardens are immediately to the south of the Palace of Westminster and was where the queue zigzagged across the area just before people went through security in order to enter Westminster Hall, where the Queen was lying in state. Residents at the lodge in Hemel Hempstead paid tribute to the Queen. With help from staff, they made a memorial board and condolence book. The memorial board featured a poem, illustrations of the Queen and Paddington Bear, pictures of her throughout her reign and images of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Engagement lead at the lodge, Sarah Beck, said, As a home, we watched the funeral with sadness and respect. We had an afternoon tea with cucumber sandwiches and cream and jam scones. 
an author and former teacher from Berkhamsted, has been handed a suspended sentence after taking part in a climate change protest. Sue Hampton, 66, is one of 51 climate activists arrested with Just Stop Oil on September the 14th for breaking the injunction prohibiting protest at Kingsbury Oil Depot. She was held at HMP Bronzefield in Surrey until her court appearance on September the 20th. The protesters were arrested after they blocked the entrance to Kingsbury Oil Depot in Warwickshire. Warwickshire police declined to comment. She was taken to prison after breaking the injunction which prohibited protest at the depot and was given a suspended sentence of 25 days if she breaks the order again during the next two years. She said that prison was a big experience and made her aware of the privilege she has. She explained, Practicing gratitude made a big difference, as did the kindness of prisoners locked up for much longer than activists, and I've had huge support. Sue criticised the injunction, saying it criminalises peaceful protest and serves an industry that is killing us. The grandmother continued, No regrets. We all have to do what we can to resist and work for climate and social justice. During her time in prison, Sue's husband, Leslie Tate, said he missed her and supported her 100%. Leslie said, I'm proud of my wife, who is shy and well-mannered person, for doing all she can to turn things around. He added, As a grandma and as an author who has written many books for children, she feels compelled to protect young lives. A decorum leisure centre welcomed 40 dogs to enjoy a two-hour canine splash session earlier this month. Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre, run by Everyone Active, in partnership with Decorum Borough Council, hosted the unique session on September the 10th, which proved so popular the centre is now exploring the option of holding more sessions in the future. David Tenney, General Manager at Everyone Active, said, It was a real pleasure to be able to welcome so many dogs to the outdoor pool at our centre. We had a really good uptake on the opportunity and it proved to be a sellout. He added, we will explore the option to put on this event again in the near future and we look forward to welcoming more of our canine friends to enjoy a swim. The areas surrounding the poolside were disinfected after the event and the water was filtered and cleaned as normal. It was almost five years ago when Amy Dobson-Smith took a risk. She quit her office job and decided to set up her own dog walking service. Since then, the 30-year-old's business has been named Dog Walking Service of the Year in Hertfordshire twice, with her most recent win at Prestige Awards 2022 in Woking last month. Amy explained how much of a shock it was to have her business awarded for the second time. I never in a million years thought I'd ever be getting an award for it. That was never the plan. 
Spot on dog walks and adventures, which Amy runs by herself, makes the most of decorum's great outdoors and aims to keep dogs healthy and happy on their outings. Her dog, Pie the Dalmatian, inspired the business name and now enjoys walks with her clients' dogs from in and around Hemel Hempstead. Her clients, most of whom are regulars, can rest assured that their dogs will be stimulated mentally and physically after their walks. Amy explained, it's not so that they come out and then they're just let off and just run around in doing as they please. It's really structured. There's almost like a routine to the walk. Before starting up spot on, Amy had been working in an office and had grown tired of her nine-to-five routine. She said, I was okay at those jobs, but it just didn't get my juices flowing. Amy added, I remember walking my family dog and thinking, right, enough with working in places that I just don't have any love for anymore and don't care about. So Amy started up her business and hasn't looked back since. While Spot On hasn't always been an easy ride, Amy says creating her own business has been very rewarding. She said, I love being outside and quite active. If, um, I had no intention of setting up at all by myself, but I really found a love for it. For those wanting to create their own business, Amy says that there is never going to be the right time to do it, but this shouldn't deter anyone from pursuing their dreams. Sometimes you've just got to take a leap. I think if you've been thinking about something for a long time or you've got a dream or there's something that you're very good at, then go for it. We've got to go for it. After her own success, Amy is giving aspiring entrepreneurs the opportunity to reach out to her for a chat and some helpful advice about going the next chapter in their lives. If you're thinking of doing something, or you're on the route of setting up your own business and you want some advice about how I did things, let me know. People who are interested can reach out to Amy via email at spotondogwalksandadventures at outlook.com. What do George Alagaya, Sheridan Smith and Lauren Marne have in common? All of them have been personally affected by cancer and with as many as almost one in two people expected to be diagnosed with, it, with the condition in their lifetime, the odds are high that most of us have too. These familiar faces sat for acclaimed photographer Rankin alongside other people whose names we may not know but whose experience of cancer is no less profound. The results, a striking set of portraits, have already reached far beyond their remit to mark the return of Macmillan Cancer Support's annual flagship fundraising event, Coffee Morning, which takes place on Friday, September 30th. Conversations captured through the images saw the pairings relive moments of their own diagnosis. 
grieve the loss of loved ones, share experiences of Macmillan support they've received and discuss how to navigate life after cancer. For news presenter and journalist George Alagaya, the hardest question people ask him, he said, is how he copes. Speaking about the impact of his own experience of living with stage 4 bowel cancer, which was first diagnosed in 2014 and subsequently spread to his lymph nodes and lungs, George said, The challenge at first was getting my cancer diagnosis straight in my head. Despite having so much going for me, a successful career and a loving family, here I was just being told I was dying. I wish I had known sooner just how much support Macmillan could have offered me throughout this whole experience, but I thought I had to be at the end of my life to ask for it. Personal trainer Mary Huckle, a mother of three, was also diagnosed with stage 4 cancer in the same year as George. For years I'd always self-examined, said Mary. One day I found a small pea-sized lump in my right breast. Night after night I'd lie in bed to check if I was still there. It was still there, deliberating for a few weeks as to whether I should see my GP. Obviously now, my advice to anyone would be to get anything that's not normal checked out immediately, even if the thought is terrifying. Early detection could be key to a better prognosis and less invasive treatment. One of the worst things about a cancer diagnosis was having to break the news to my loved ones. The ripple effects are always far-reaching and just as traumatic for them. Many lonely sleepless nights ensued. There was lots of crying and that wasn't just me, but there was no time to speculate. I just had to accept the situation and crack on with the process. In those early days I felt vulnerable and completely out of control, but I had no choice but to place my trust in the medical team looking after me. Actor Sheridan Smith met with nurse Suad Ibrahim, who also lost her father to cancer. My father was an incredibly strong-minded and proud man and was quite reluctant to seek any kind of support when he first received his diagnosis, said Suad. However, his relationship with his Macmillan nurse, Sarah, was unlike any other I'd seen. He shared things with her about his health and final wishes that he found too difficult to share with us. After losing loved ones to cancer, Sheridan Smith has backed Macmillan Coffee Morning event for several years. Connecting with others who have been touched by cancer can really help you to feel less alone, she said. Macmillan's Coffee Morning is the perfect space to do that. But whatever your reason for getting involved you'll be helping to support the growing number of people living with cancer across the UK who need our support more than ever before. More households with children were threatened with homelessness in decorum last year, new figures show. Homeless charity Crisis said the rise in families being forced from their homes across England is deeply worrying. Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, DLUHC, figures show that 154 households with children were owed a prevention duty in decorum in 2021-22. to That's up from 144 the year before. 
This means the household has been threatened with homelessness and is eligible for local council support. A further 70 households were owed a relief duty in the year to March, meaning they are already homeless and a quorum council must take reasonable steps to help them secure accommodation. The government pledged in its 2019 manifesto to end homelessness by 2024. Kiran Ramchandani, Director of Policy and External Affairs at Crisis, said, The intense cost of living pressures and a severe lack of affordable housing mean many households with children will be forced into temporary accommodation and we know how damaging a long-term stay can be, especially for children and young people. A DLUHC spokesperson said it is giving councils £316 million to ensure families are not left without a roof over their heads. They added, over half a million households have been prevented from becoming homelessness, homeless or supported into settled accommodation since 2018 through the Homelessness Reduction Act. Police officers in decorum are part of a trial launched by Hertfordshire Police to use a nasal spray that could save someone suffering from an overdose. The nasal naloxone spray is, used, is for use when someone has a suspected opiate overdose and it temporarily reverses the drug's effect. A hundred trained response drivers from across the county have volunteered to take part in the six-month trial. Chief Inspector Jason Kane, who is overseeing the project, said, These small nasal sprays are just another tool in our trauma kit to help us when responding to an emergency incident and in cases where we arrive at the scene before the ambulance service. C.I. Kane explained, The reversal effects are temporary, so they don't negate the requirement for an ambulance as further medical treatment will be required. The ambulance service will also continue to provide their highest level of response to these types of incident. He said, There are no side effects if the nasal spray is administered to someone whom officers believe is suffering an opiate overdose. Those taking part in the trial have received specialist training through a partnership with charity Change, Grow, Live. County Service Manager at Spectrum CGL, Trudy Seeley, said working in partnership with uh, Hertfordshire Constabulary and Hertfordshire County Council in this groundbreaking project has been fantastic. She added, to raise awareness around opiate overdose resulting in the availability of nasal naloxone on the streets of Hertfordshire with our first responders is a huge step forward. If this pilot saves one life, we have achieved our goal. A talented runner has been using the GPS system on his smartwatch to create amazing pieces of art. Jarek Ewan, 37, 
has created all sorts of characters while out on his runs, including a tiger, a bear, a dinosaur, a chicken and a snail. He's been putting the roots together using a website called plotaroot.com, which then sends the directions to him via his smartphone. Jerick has made more than 50 art pieces since he set up the Fun Challenge in 2019, which also aims to raise awareness and money for the charity Spinal Research. He said the idea came about after he experienced one of the most devastating moments of my life. Jerick was training for the Berlin Marathon when he cracked one of his toes and ended up on crutches for three months. He wasn't able to move properly or see people and decided that when he was better he wanted to help others in a similar position. You can check out more on Jerick's fundraising mission at linktr.ee forward slash code runner guy. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any more news. Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre is encouraging residents to take up a new fitness challenge. The contest, which is open to everyone and free to enter, will see teams of two challenged to an HIIT class. Participants will have the chance to be named the ultimate Fortis champions and win prizes including £500 cash, an everyone active annual membership and a luxury spa day and overnight stay for two. The competition will have the team completing a series of high-octane, low-impact challenges against others in the southeast. People will make their way up the leaderboard by collecting points awarded for time spent exercising in each individual's heart rate zone. By doing this, effort is measured rather than fitness level, meaning that anyone can win. On November the 12th, TV superstar Ben Shepherd will host the Fortis Championship Final at Harrow Lodge Everyone Active Leisure Centre. He said, The Fortis, powered by Speedflex class, really is an HIIT workout like no other. I look forward to seeing who steps forward to take on the Fortis Championships and wish all challengers the best of luck. The contest started on Monday, September 26th, with special edition challenge classes taking place weekly at the Hemel Leisure Centre, Fortis Studio. The challenge is open to anyone from 18 to 80 plus, and you do not need to be an Everyone Active member to join in. To enter, sign up your team of two by booking two spaces in a challenge class via the Everyone Active app. Single participants are also encouraged to sign up to be matched with a compatible partner. Kings Langley will hold its first ever beer and fizz festival over Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There will be three days of fun with more than 24 ales and a selection of champagne and sparkling wine on offer. From Friday the, 1st, the 30th of September to Sunday, October the 2nd, All Saints Church in Church Lane will transform into a community space with a bar and music for attendees. Dozens of local businesses have also pledged to sponsor different aspects of the event. 
Profits from the event will go to Decorum Charity Dens and All Saints Church. There will also be cider, lager and soft drinks available, as well as a selection of alcohol-free options and food stalls. Organiser Chris Hughes said, This is the first time we've undertaken the ambitious task of holding a beer and fizz fest festival in the village, but it's shaping up very nicely. He added, we have a strong team of volunteers already willing to help, but I'd appeal for anyone who would like to do to donate some of their time to help man the bar to get in touch. Visitors will be charged £4 for entry and kids will go free. People will also be asked to pay a £5 deposit for a commemorative pint glass and anyone who wants to keep the glass will have their deposit donated to Dens. The event will be split into into two over over the days from a 12pm to 11pm on Friday and Saturday. There'll be a family fun day on Sunday from 12pm 12, 12 to 5pm. Thousands of people on disability benefits in Hemel Hempstead are set to receive £150 as part of a government package to help with the cost of living crisis. People with disabilities are facing some of the worst impacts of the cost of living crisis, having more care and mobility needs than the general population. The Department of Work and Pensions estimates 8,200 individuals in Hemel Hempstead can expect the payment from this week with the government saying that the vast majority of those eligible will have received it by the start of October. Those who already receive a qualifying disability benefit will be paid automatically, the government has said. The new Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, described the scheme as providing vital support to shield the most vulnerable. The payment comes in a in addition to a plan announced by Prime Minister Liz Truss on September the 8th to freeze energy bills at £2,500 for the next two years. Despite this, some have called for more support, including disability charity Scope, who said the £150 payment won't touch the sides for many living with disabilities. The charity's director of strategy, James Taylor, said that they'd been inundated with calls from disabled people wondering how to keep warm this winter, even with the new price freeze. He warned the soaring cost of energy could have a devastating impact on the health of people with disabilities if they're forced to keep the heating off. This payment is separate from the £650 cost of living payment, the first instalment of which uh, landed over the summer. The government said in July that 11,200 were eligible for that payment in Hedmill Hempstead, including those on universal credit, job seekers allowance, and those receiving child tax credits. In total, the Department of Work and Pensions estimates around 6.3 million are eligible for the disability payment across Great Britain. 
Those eligible for the payment include people who, on May 25th, were receiving the disability living allowance, personal independence payment, attendance allowance, armed forces independent payment, constant attendance allowance, or the war pension mobility supplement. People are also being urged to be alert to scammers targeting those expecting cost of living payments. Payments will be automatic, so people should watch, watch out for texts or emails from fraudsters asking for their personal details. Work and Pensions Secretary, Lord Chloe Smith, said, we know disabled people face additional costs, and this government is listening and taking decisive action to protect the most vulnerable in our society. This multi-billion pound package of support reinforces our commitment to help UK households, particularly those with disability challenges, through the tough times ahead. The obituaries on the family announcement page this week are Alan Edward Frazier, aged 75, John Frederick Keane, aged 83, Iris Sylvia Lambert, aged 91. May they all rest in peace. Music. Danny Driver, St Mary's Church, Luton, October 3rd. Internationally acclaimed pianist Danny Driver will be performing Robert Schumann's Symphonic Etudes, Opus 13, Schubert's Fantasy in F Minor, D940, and the Prelude in D Flat Major, Opus 103, Number 1 by Foray. Visit lutonmusic.org.uk for details. Nathan Carter, Grove Theatre Dunstable, September 29th, the Irish country pop superstar, brings his ever-popular live show to Dunstable as part of his major UK tour. Fans can expect an array of hits from his career spanning more than a decade. Visit ticketline.co.uk to book. At Milton Keynes Theatre on September the 27th to October the 1st, an inspector calls. Stephen Doldry's multi-award winning National Theatre production of J.B. Priestley's classic thriller returns. The story begins when Inspector Ghoul arrives unexpectedly at the prosperous Burling family home. Their peaceful dinner party is shattered by his investigations into the death of a young woman. His startling revelations shake the very foundations of their lives and challenge us all to examine our consciences. Visit actgtickets.com Milton Keynes to book or call 0333-009-6690 for more information. There's comedy at the Court Theatre in Tring on October the 2nd with Marcus Brigstock in Absolute Shower. 
Following an acclaimed sellout run at this year's Edinburgh Festival, Marcus returns with his new show, Absolute Shower, celebrating the personal triumphs, small victories and joyful failures of the past couple of years, while acknowledging it has been for many of us an absolute shower. Marcus has made regular appearances on Radio 4's I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, The Unbelievable Truth, The Now Show and Just a Minute and has been on Live at the Apollo, Have I Got News for You, Mock the Week and QI. He hosted the late edition and I've never seen Star Wars and was a team captain on Argumental as well as making it to the final of the infamous winter sports show The Jump. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book. Advice from Neighbourhood Watch. Protect your vehicle this autumn. Drivers are being advised to make sure their cars and vans are secure following an increase in vehicle thefts in the county. Thefts of vehicles have increased by more than 22% this year compared with the same period last year, with Hartsmere and St Albans having the highest number of offences. Thefts of keyless vehicles also considered to be an issue. Keyless entry vehicles being targeted by criminals using signal jacking devices, which pick up the fob signal and can unlock and start a vehicle. Using a signal-blocking fob pouch or storing your fob in a metal box will help prevent the signal being detected. During a recent attempted theft, a steering wheel lock thwarted the thief and prevented the vehicle being stolen. A good quality lock is a great way to keep your vehicle more safe. To minimise the chance of becoming a victim, we offer the following advice. Lock your car whenever it is left unattended and keep it in a garage when parked at night, if possible. Consider fitting CTV on your home or driveway to help deter thieves. Use PIR or LED security lighting to make your vehicle more visible, and this can also act as a deterrent. Look for car parks with a secured car park sign, which have recognised levels of security. If you have a garage at home, ensure you use it and lock it properly. Noisy gravel on your drive can also help deter a would-be thief if they don't want to alert you to their approach. How to protect your keyless entry car? When at home, keep your car key and the spare well away from the car. Put the, put the keys in the screened or signal blocking pouch, such as a Faraday bag. Reprogram your keys if you buy a second-hand car. Turn off wireless signals on your fob when it's not being used. Use a steering wheel lock as an extra security measure. And for more advice, visit hearts.police.uk 
forward slash op remote. Door to store minibus. Hemel Hempstead, October 14th to Sainsbury's Apsley Mills, October 28th to Morrison's. Berkhamstead, October 5th and 19th to Waitrose. Tring, October 13th and 27th to Tesco's. Bovingdon, October 3rd, 17th and 31st to Sainsbury's. Kings Langley, October 10th and 24th to Sainsbury's. To book your seat, please call 212-888. There may be a small charge for the return journey. Exhibitions for the Blind and Visually Impaired People London, Kensington Town Hall, Tuesday the 8th of November Sight Village An unmissable event for people of all ages living with varying degrees of sight loss Professionals supporting and advising VIPs And for all businesses and other organisations wishing to improve their services for the visually impaired Sight Village is described as the UK's leading exhibition for blind and partially sighted people and for those experiencing sight problems. Each year, thousands of people visit our events to find out at first hand the latest technology, products and support services available, including audio equipment and services, braille equipment and services, CCTVs magnification, computers, daily living equipment, education and training, information and support services, leisure services, low vision aids, mobility aids, peripherals, screen enlargers and readers. Exhibitors include charities, commercial companies and voluntary organisations from across the UK, Europe and the world. Admission is free. Pre-registration is recommended. Contact 0121 803 5484. Tring's own Apple Fair is a seasonal celebration of environment, food, culture and Tring. You can join more than 25 local events this October. The core Apple dates are Apple Day on the 2nd of of October, Sunday, on 10am till 4pm at Geecock's Orchard Cow Lane. There's a Tring Farmer's Market and Apple Parade on Saturday the 8th of October from 9am to 2pm. The Apple Parade is 10.30am to 11am. And Tring Farmer's Market and Apple Bake Off on Saturday the 22nd of October, 9am to 1pm. The 10am is the Apple Bake Off. If you want more information, look up the Tring Apple Fair 2022 on the computer. Basketball. Saturday and Sunday saw Vanarama-sponsored Hemel Storm face Charmwood and Loughborough Riders in an attempt to secure a quarter-final fixture at home in the, in the Kit King Trophy. Consecutive wins saw Storm achieve their aim as they won both games in style. Convincingly, and while showing signs of phenomenal offence and defence. 
They prevailed 122 points over 52 over Charnwood Riders on Saturday, having built a dominant lead in the first quarter. Charnwood invited Storm to shoot from the three-point line, which led to many of Storm's points coming from outside the arc. Jack Burnell took full advantage of this and went on to score an impressive 21 points. Storm then visited Loughborough the next day and ran out 93 points to 62 winners. Taylor Johnson stopped scoring with 23 points to secure home advantage in the quarterfinals on Saturday when Storm will face Bradford Dragons with a 7pm trip. Pigeon racing. It is often looked upon as a pastime for elderly men on allotments, but for those who doubt pigeon racing is a sport at all, its right royal approval should silence any naysayers. The sporting pastime began in Belgium, where in 1818 the first long-distance race of more than 100 miles, 160 kilometres, was held. In 1820, a race took place between Paris and Liège, and in 1823, from London to Belgium. The sport gained prominence in the late 1800s in Great Britain, the United States and France. Many regard pigeons as rats with wings, but Queen Elizabeth II was a long-time pigeon fancier and a patron of many UK pigeon racing associations, having around 200 pigeons in her loft on Sandringham Estate. The Queen was made a patron of many pigeon racing associations in recognition of her interest in the sport, most notably the Royal Pigeon Racing Association and the National Flying Club. However, the Queen was not the first royal to be a fan of pigeon racing. Her grandfather, George V, and her great-grandfather, Edward VII, were huge fans of the sport. The royal family's love of the sport goes back almost 150 years to 1886, when King Leopold of Belgium gifted the family racing pigeons. A loft was established on the Sandringham estate and a long life pa- long, lifelong passion for the sport began. Pigeons from the Royal Loft were used as carrier pigeons during the First and Second World Wars, with one bird, Royal Blue, winning the Dickin Medal for Gallantry for its role in reporting a lost aircraft in 1940. After the end of the Second World War, the Queen's pigeons returned to racing and secured wins in national and international races. Pigeon races can be anywhere from tens of miles to hundreds of miles long. All the pigeons start from the same point and they then fly back to their homes. The speed they travel is tracked by electronic trips implanted in the birds and they each have a unique identification number. The winning bird is determined not by the time they arrive back but by airspeed. The pigeon that flies fastest to its home wins and pigeon racing can include the birds flying across international borders, with Belgium now becoming the unofficial capital of the airborne sport. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 6.59am and 18.44pm. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. 
If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Mike, your technician for this week.